This is we're in it. Um, Yay! <laughs> we never had a guest. We've never had a guest. We've what never a, had a guest. We, what yeah. an odd thing to start with. Yeah, we've never had a guest. I feel like I should be quiet. No, no, because Dave's hosting this week, and he clearly wants. He clearly to, wants the first thing he wants to do is introduce the guest. Look, I'm having a breakdown. Yeah. Um, because it occurred to me that we haven't had a guest, so I don't know what the protocol is for that. I just have written here brief horse shit. Um, well, I thought do we, do hold we on, ever no, no, hold, hold on, even, hold on. I'm taking over. Michael, do, hold on. No, no. They don't even Michael, know your name. We, no we, one knows yeah, who you are. Do we are. introduce ourselves, Michael? Do we normally say, hi, I'm Michael Swaim and I'm David Bell? Well, you just we did. Don't. Again, you've basically chosen the format with your indecision. Guest, this uh, is our guest, Abe Epperson. I guess it's done. It's it's done. We're good. We're Welcome introduced. The show, you know, I, guess. I got a little I got a little beef with you guys. Last episode you had a a lengthy uh conversation about that culminated in you guys both saying several times, Fuck you, Abe. Fuck you, Abe Epperson. That. And the fuck Abe shirt now available, of course, in our merch store. <laughs> yeah. What 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 the hell, guys? I don't remember that. I can I can't confirm nor deny that that. Yeah, happened. it's a really weird shirt because it's one of the only shirts we carry that's based on nothing. I don't recall yeah. you guys, what that spun off from. You motherfuckers! <laughs> Whoa, Look. it's a little harsh. Yeah, it is okay. a little harsh. Yeah, maybe. you know what? Uh, you know what? You guys are <laughs> acting like you forgot insulting me on your podcast. <laughs> it's such a power play. Just wait, wait, wait to do guesting, you guys. Welcome, good hey, show. Welcome. welcome, welcome to our podcast. Welcome, buddy. Hey, I'm so, great so to have happy you. to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you guys want to do? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you guys want to? I don't know. You want to talk about uh, Star Trek? If the loose horse shit's over, I. <laughs> I prepared like a check-in <laughs> about how my week was and stuff that's on my mind. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, what's uh, what's your week? But like? we don't what's, have. How's to. everybody doing? How is everybody doing? No, we absolutely don't have to do that. It's how your show, want, man. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> how are you doing? I want to know. Oh, you know, good. No. Yeah. Um, well, it's my birthday today, and I'm not fishing. Oh. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but um, mm -hmm. it's a, my birthday today. We're recording this and to celebrate. Slash, Happy I don't birthday. know. Thank you. Slash, Happy birthday. Thank you. Slash, I don't know why I did this. I uh, <laughs> decided to do a stand-up gig to celebrate my birthday. So I'm doing. And I was like, is it 5 or 15? And he's like, it's 15, buddy. So I'm doing a, a tight 15 Uh on Wednesday, and it's all I can Ooh. think about, and I'm terrified. C congratulations. No, You'll it's be great. awful. Bad decision that I shouldn't have made. Look, mm -hmm. look, everybody, look, you'll be great. Oh, I'll do you'll a good great. job. It just won't yeah. be pleasant for me, and I won't get anything out of it. Like, why am I doing yes, it? Yes, but the audience will get something out of it, and that's what it's you, that, That's what it's for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'll you're like a, like a dancing monkey. The monkey's yeah, not having fun. Yeah, that's true. The monkey's not happy. That's not the point yeah. of the exercise. No. Yeah. That's exactly. a really good way to look at performing. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to make you happy, motherfucker. No, why would it? It's for them. Yeah. And then they throw money at you, hopefully. Mm. Or just praise. You yeah, know? I'll take either. 
You know, Ryan, I how are you? I'm doing yeah, good. Uh, we all met in person recently, which I think is of note. You know, yeah, we like uh, OD'd on each other, especially um, after uh, Swain came down to L.A. Ogled and Dick. we watched The Big Lebowski together in a theater. It was wonderful. And I, uh, uh, I and then the I just wanted to mention something. On Sunday, we went to Dave's place, uh, and I have a life hack for any listeners. Uh, you definitely speaking of birthdays you definitely what you want to do is you want to at some point learn someone's birthday like okay. months in advance and then go to google, google calendars for no reason and just mark that as their birthday so okay. that on the day so on a day randomly when someone mentions in passing someone's birthday like dave's birthday for example uh, you can just walk up to Dave and say, this is your birth, like, it's your birthday, right? Even ah. though he didn't, he wanted to squeak it by, and then mm. he'll get angry at you for knowing his birthday. Right. But my birthday's not soon. It's not soon. I, I'm not gonna reveal your birthday because I respect why you don't, I don't know, whatever it's reason you don't want people, okay, so... So, yeah. July 9th, 1984. Yeah. I wasn't, no, it, it, I wasn't sensitive about you identifying my birthday it was the fact that you knew my birthday yeah i didn't want to assume but that's it's <laughs> yeah. a life hack is what i'm saying is that you can oh, yeah. at any time scare your friend by knowing too much about them with a simple exactly. little a little bit of work and that's what's right. a, that's what's going on with me a little also little hijinks I, like that i would define that as soon july 9th it's a scant brace of fortnights away my friend yeah oh uh, okay it's coming out before Happy the movie birthday old is my point yeah Thank you. Yeah, this is really about my birthday mm -hmm. more than anybody else's today. Uh, so thank you. Thank you, guys. Any updates? Those are Dave updates. Yeah. Oh, updates. shit. That's great. What a great. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Happy birthday, no, no. Dave. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Um, updates. Um, Jesus. I'm just burnt out. I've had a long ass week mm. of work. Uh, that's about it. You know, yeah, I'm not super fun. burned out right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I I really liked the movie Caveat, which I've been tweeting about, a horror movie. Uh, that's that's pretty much it. Does that's, it take place all. at a cave? No, it takes place in a house. Okay. Um, it's not, like, writing-wise, it's not perfect, but it's just really well-crafted. For for it's a horror movie that a guy made. That's it's his first movie. He worked like a nine to five job to pay for post production. It took like three years to pay for post production. Like it's 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 just really nice to watch an indie film like that, uh, and for it to have a lot of talent behind it. And it was very effective and very creepy. Um, just like nothing, yeah, nothing unique in the plot. Nothing huge twisty or anything like that. Um, but it's just really well crafted, uh, nice. and that's it. Always and, excited. And, 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 uh, you you yeah. have good. I like I like a film that. Good taste, so yeah, it actually freaked me out. You know, there's actually those mm. moments where you're like, ah, oh, fuck you, ah, oh, mm -hmm. fuck you, like those types of <laughs> moments where you know what they're doing, you know that they're doing it, and I'm still you can't. Laughing. It doesn't matter. I'm still laughing at Michael's suggestion that the movie is. Uh, You've been cave? mispronouncing. You've been mispronouncing the movie Cave At. Cave At. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just wondering. Uh, no, 
it's 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 a very dumb premise which is a guy has to house sit or babysit a a niece of a friend Mm -hmm. who has um some sort of trauma uh she's she's clearly has schizophrenia or something and uh at night she's paranoid so in order to uh watch her he has to wear a harness Mm -hmm. that he can't get out of i just thought he was into like snm stuff yeah, it's kind of it's That's kind cool. of similar. And this guy, and he's like paying him two hundred bucks a day. It's one of those movies that, in order for the movie to work, the main character has to ignore a series of red flags, <laughs> yeah. that like anybody would be like, "No, you're not doing that. Get out of there." Hey, the uh, job market's hard these past, days. Exactly. Well, they kind of frame him as like kind of a guy where you're like, maybe he needs the money. <laughs> uh, Are you the kind of guy that would be okay with being tied up at night? Yeah, you know? in a, on an island in a, uh, a yeah. rundown house. I do think of myself just... as that person in five years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, we're just so much horse shit. Oh, so much. I'm gonna horseshit. do it. I'm gonna. Uh, is there anything Loose. else that needs to be said? Anybody have anything? Mm. No. All right, I'm pulling the. I'm pulling the ripcord. The theme song is fading up, and and the episode is beginning right now. Welcome to Star Trek. The next Futurama, an epic team-up between gamefully unemployed and small beans. For access to the entire series, find us on Patreon. And now your hosts, Mike and Dave. There. You done. Well done. I did it. I did it. Abe, yes. listen, the magic of editing is going to make that work. So we're cutting all that stuff? <laughs> no, nothing's getting cut oh, out. Yeah. No, if you recall, this show has a cold open, as both TNG and Futurama do. Yeah. It's true. Uh, it's usually not it's 10 true. minutes, but, you know, it's fine. Um, <clears throat> yo, people on the internet, doing? speak up if you love the loose horse shit. I think people like the loose horse shit. I think people like horse shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the, guy, the guys, we're talking about Futurama on Star Trek. That's true. That's what we're doing. This is a this is a oh, show where we look at, because so uh, this, this is a free episode, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we're taking episodes of Futurama, we're watching them in order, and then we're matching them up with an episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation, and just sort of talking about uh, what it all means, how well they match up, what the what the meaning of the episodes are, and just an exploration of both series, a celebration. Uh, we love it. Abe, yes. do you like Star Trek? I love Star Trek. Yeah? Yeah, I, and I didn't find it until late in life. Um, I wasn't what you'd call, like, a nerd, you know? Um, so, like, right. I grew up and I didn't watch sci-fi for long, long periods of my life, other than, I guess, like, bigger movies. Um, right. And TNG was, like, something I found, like, later than, like, college, I'd say. Uh, and um, it was just after a bunch of suggestions by friends. It just organically came up, and then I just, like, fell in love, you know? Yeah. And Futurama, of course. I mean, Futurama. Yeah, I I was about to ask. What's your relationship with Futurama? Uh, Futurama is, might be the best comic, one of the best. It's, it's like definitely like what I cut my teeth on, you know, like studying those jokes. Like it only gets better too. I know it's so good. And this episode is so good. Uh, It's a solid episode all around. 
Well, since you brought it up, mm-hmm. what episode of Futurama? Uh, we, uh... The episode we're talking about today, or that you asked me to prepare, I guess, or whatever, uh, is uh, <laughs> Fish Full of doll- Dollars. That's correct. That's yeah. season one, episode six. Mm-hmm. Um, when, Michael, do you remember when we reveal what the Star Trek is? Hey, you guys. What? Uh, well, w- to answer your question first... <clears throat> We reveal the Star Trek in the next segment, or at the end of this segment, I think. I think at the end of this segment. Right, oh, okay. right before the cut, then we go into actually describing the Star Trek and the connections, I think. But you're the host, you're man. Right. So I wanted to say, oh, 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 hey guys, though. I just wanted to say, I, while we were podcasting, I've never done this before, I just edited a script. So that's, huh. I was a little quiet there, and I'm sorry if I missed something. Thank you. <laughs> so you just I feel like it's a writing accomplishment. I tapped out for a minute. I fully edited a two-page, five-minute script. I think I improved it considerably. Oh, that's And awesome. now I'm back in. <laughs> oh, great. Anyway. That's to, great. <laughs> you need I to learn to say no, man. <laughs> I'm not trying to besmirch uh, anyone's hosting, like, with itness or whatever, but... I'll just fill the audience in on a couple things here. The audience who, if you recall, are called swim fans. I think that's canon now. Swim um, fans, yeah, our swim fans. Yeah, <laughs> and if you want to understand that, or fuck you, Abe, or really understand why you're missing uh, five episodes of this, because this is going to be on the free feed, you should know that this show is uh, one of our special premium shows for like usually for patrons patrons of gamefully and our site small beans and Mm -hmm. uh, this one's free to remind you that it exists and to announce that we're having guests now but uh, if you want all the episodes you know you have to patronize us that's all I see what this is. You I, think you're a better host than me. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I, I just this. like look in his eyes and I just feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know? I actually regretted ta- do it, taking that bit as soon as I did it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> see, now he's insecure. I'm back on Team Dave. <laughs> oh, you like vicious, like, get the job I liked done. <laughs> it. I liked it. I thought what no, you were you're doing. Not, you're was... not like, uh, you're not wrong. You know, that the people can check out our Patreons for the uh, other episodes. It's true, but I might have just, you know, there's some people who have, like, literally in our exit surveys, there was one guy who uh, unsubbed Small Beans and was like, uh, transparent cash grab, putting <laughs> two podcast, splitting the podcast behind a paywall, disgusting corporatocracy. And I'm like, well, it is a transparent cash grab. It's on Patreon. That's the point of it, but I think right. corporate corporatocracy is a little unfair to Levy. That was it's like twelve I like people. The idea yeah, that we're didn't corporate. need to say it. Didn't need to say it. Yeah. yeah. So notes on that guy. I, is this your first? Um, God, this is boy. This episode is just falling apart. Is this your first behind a paywall show? Well, we have, no, we have um, Bewilderments and Scientifics, which is the Cody Johnston improv comedy show that's hilarious that I think a lot of people still are not aware of or listening to. So thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just, we do it all the time. We're just, we're, you guys are great at it. We are lately trying to emulate your model more, and uh, it's a transparent cash grab. Uh huh. It is. So that's good. Yeah. Where were we? What's going on? Um, I don't know. So, oh, 
Uh, Abe, yeah? can you describe the episode of Fish Full of Dollars? Like, what happens? In it? <clears throat> Ooh, generally, uh, yeah, the host just... does that, but all right. Uh, really? Yeah, sure. But Broad we strokes. have a guest, Michael. Yeah, he's, he's calling the you shots, want, man. Right, he's calling Michael, the shots. Michael, you want to host? Is that one of no. you? Do you want to host no, this I one? No, I super don't. No, uh, I just <laughs> have OCD about format. I'm just saying every previous uh-huh. time, the host uh-huh. has described the Futurama episode, but I guess you're right. Why uh-huh. not have the guest do it? This is a new world. Why not? Why not? I was ready for this, but I'll do broad strokes. You know, it kind of yeah, opens. Yeah, you don't have to. I don't need details. I just yeah. broad well, strokes. I mean, I'll just, about? you just call it like I sees it. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, like it starts with uh, Fry dreaming, and uh, he realizes there's ads in his dreams, and uh, that's the thing about the future. And uh, then he, then they go, uh, then... I fr- a bunch of shit happens like uh in the dream world where he we find out that he has to get um or he he uh he's out of money he can't buy anything he's poor so he, randomly he sees his old bank he goes to his old bank finds out that his account is still open so he's now coming to the uh 4.3 billion dollars and then what ensues is um he wants everyone to experience the uh, the beauty of anchovies, which have been extinct for 800 years. So he goes to an auction to try to get anchovies and is bid across from Mom, owner of Mom Corp or CEO of Mom Corp, who, uh, which we learn a little later, the reason she wants anchovies is that, that it could make her robot oil uh, obsolete because it's so good at making robots oiled up, I guess. Yeah. But... Fry just wants him because he wants to eat him. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, he ends up uh, getting the anchovies. She does a little heist to try to find out his pin number so she can take all his money, even though he's already bought the things, which is a big plot hole. No one ever yeah, notices. The idea is she's going to take his money. But so he's already he's so gotten poor, all, he she spent has to all the buy. money. No, but Abe, I thought that for a second, and then I realized that's why the repo bots come and repossess everything and say your check bounced, because before the check could be cashed, they withdrew the $4.3 billion. We'll and get remember, into it. That's he not bought, true, because he, he, he spends money at everything at one time at that one auction to the gentleman in one who bought montage. every item in today's no, auction. No, he didn't. He didn't, though. He spent $50 million at the plus at the uh, I mean, yes, auction. And In that montage, also, that very short montage, he spent $4.3 billion. $4.3 billion minus $50 million is still $4.3 billion. Listen. Yeah. They also steal all his money with his ATM card. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I don't think it matters is my point. So that's there's true. a joke they literally where they go and have pizza because that's how they introduce the anchovies thing. And he's like, I like a pizza with anchovies where he says, make sure it's under five fifty million dollars, though, because the, they're making a joke that in that short montage where they're like launching Mona Lisa's into the sky and blowing it up with lasers and stuff that uh, that all spent everything but. 50 million dollars i don't think uh, that's the joke i just think he's trying to get a fair price on a pizza oh okay and the joke uh, is that to him a fair price is anything under 50 million well either way you watch it it kind of ends with um or the episode ends with uh mom realizing that oh you just wanted to eat them well then go to town because you're not my you know you're not my competitor so whatever and then 
episode ends with them all enjoying anchovies, and uh, then Zoidberg uh, attacks him because he eats all the anchovies and he gets a hard on for anchovies. Yep, that's the episode. That was good. Good job, Abe. Thanks. Yeah, that was uh, that was a that was an apt uh, 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 description. And I guess we we get in now into revealing what the Star Trek episode is, right? This was a weird one. Yeah, we um, we I, struggled with this. I think we do. I think I was wrong. I think we sk- say the segment, right? I disagree. You think disagree. we reveal I the think, Star Trek, then the I segment think, is the plot similarity. I think we've done it differently every time. <laughs> Thinking back, that I'm may pretty, be true. I'm pretty sure I have listed. All right. So I have brief horse shit. Uh, then I have the reveal the episode section. Then I have the next section. Okay. Which to me says we then reveal the episode and then get into why their two are similar. It's more or less the same thing, which is why I don't think it matters. All right. Let's reveal that bitch. I'm loving this, by the way. (laughs) This is like, I feel like every episode is us talking about the format of the episode as we go through it. And I'm okay with that. I'm 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 fine with that. This is um all right. I'll I do hate it. it. The 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 uh, actually no, Michael. Why don't why don't you? I'm the puppet master. You 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 reveal what Star Trek Next Generation episode. All right. Well, Are I we... will put some caveats on this. Uh, sure. This is a connection that we. This is a pairing that we struggled with for a long time because usually our pairings are like like man, the descent was like. One of the characters joins a robot society whose motto is kill all humans, but when he's forced to kill his own friends, he reverts to good. Um, So they're very specific. This one is a little vaguer, but I still think it's a strong pairing, especially because there's a lot of resonance between them. And it's a solid episode of TNG. We're talking Hollow Pursuits, which is also a pun title, much like Fishville of Dollars, because it means holodeck pursuits and that they're hollow because Reg Barclay is a loser. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And And this is season three, episode 21. 321, yes, indeed. I think it's worth pointing out to the swim fans that we did not pair this with a fistful of datas because even though the titles would lead you to believe that those are identical episodes, Mm -hmm. Fistful of Datas is a totally different thing. It's more about the trope of Brent Spiner getting to play nine different characters. So we'll get there someday. But this time it's Hollow Pursuits, Reg Barclay's first appearance. Mm -hmm. Yes. Brent Spiner, by the way, he has to work the hardest of any actor in Star Trek. I think he uh, got to. I think he started throwing his weight around and saying he wanted to do yeah, media acting shit. Um, so yeah, I I do think these are kind of similar, and we'll explore it uh, a, a little more in our next section. Good news, number one. Good news, number one. Segway. <laughs> Segway. That was good, Segway. Dave. I. It was good if I hadn't like then like done a little like bow. Or called attention to the format. Talking about it. If we had just gone um, smoothly on, that would have been nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, let's talk about similarities because you're you're right, Michael. This doesn't. This is probably the the weakest matchup, but I do think the broad strokes of this the two episodes are very similar. Well, this is where we defend it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because the holodeck. I want to start with the idea that when Fry is rich. He does stuff that you would do on a holodeck. He's launching paint, paintings in the sky, doing skeet shooting. He's living in a, an environment that he's created for himself. 
he's addicted to the fantasy that's of the yeah that's the connection for me is century. one of the characters becomes path- immediately and pathetically addicted to a fantasy realm that exists in the past because in fry's case it's the 90s and in uh Barclay's case, it seems to be Three Musketeers era. France is his yeah. favorite place and time. And uh, <laughs> it gets to the point where the other characters have to stage an intervention and say, listen, knock this shit off. And yeah. uh, and they do. And that is the core of the Futurama. I think why, why people might be disappointed is that there's no clear mom equivalent. And uh, to me, what makes mom work, mom is a... Uh, or you, the basic bones of mom are just sweet to your face for <laughs> propaganda reasons, but brutal corporatocracy, right. corporate whatever, right. behind closed doors. And uh, because Star Trek, the next generation specifically, does do more honor than the other Star Treks to like the post need fantasy, where they try to they try to pretend there's no financial system. Uh, although later series start to explore like, well, that's only true in the Federation. Not yeah. everyone's in the Federation. Yeah. Um, that I don't, I don't think there's a mom equivalent that like recurs, like Kiva Fajo might be mom for one episode or something. Right. But, right. Um, there is, and there's I no, mean, yeah, go ahead. The idea of uh, something that seems innocent enough turning out to be sinister. You could argue that the, the broad idea is kind of, like the problem they're facing on the enterprise which is weird little things happening that ends up being indicative of a very large and uh dangerous problem mm-hmm. that barkley is involved in but that's pretty much it right in the sense uh, that fry is just fucking around with anchovies and it spirals out of control right. there's also yeah. the episode the game where it deals with addiction uh to uh like addiction to a like Unauthentic, unauthentic reality. Yeah, but that right. one like takes the whole ship by storm. And it's as about, opposed to yeah. it's like singling one person out. So this one is really with Reg. You really get one character to see. Oh, this is someone who's like out of water. Like yeah, they you just don't fit in. And um, you know, yeah. Well, spoiler I do, alert. I, I think the uh, the game is going to pair with the one where mom makes the iPhone that goes in your eye that turns everyone oh, into I zombies. Oh, I can see that. Ah. Um, I want to note that um, Barkley was a character conceived by Gene Roddenberry. I don't know. He might have been one of the last characters uh, thought up by Roddenberry. And the idea was they wanted a character who is, quote, just like the rest of the human race. <laughs> that's what they wanted yeah they Robert. basically barkley was supposed to represent the viewers um and so starting with the idea of hollow addiction kind of makes sense because they thought like well that's going to be something that like an everyman like you know you take us and put us on the enterprise the holodeck is going to be very enticing and i think that's interesting because fry is also kind of the everyman in the future taking like so it's it's there's that similarity where Barkley and Fry are both kind of meant to be the same character. Yeah, but we'll have to dig into us. how Barkley is not an everyman. He's very specific. No, no, we'll we'll get into what Barkley is. But <laughs> I love that. Like I'm just saying, talking about the writer's intent. But imagine Gene Roddenberry intent. being like, you know. He's like an average human, a sniveling, putrid coward. Like, yeah. 
who's yeah. obsessed no. with fucking his coworker. Mm-hmm. This is if people know Hollow Pursuits, we'll get more into it in the next section. But it is one of the harder to watch episodes of. Star oh, it's Trek, one of my I most think. rewatched. Really, I've seen it many, <laughs> many times. I, oh, it's a banger I at love times. Dwight Schultz. I think his performance as Barclay He's across great. the series is phenomenal. And uh, oh yeah, I love his... that in Voyager they make him a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's great! And he's we we keep tabs with him, and it's it's wonderful. I also like that. Like, can you imagine being this actor and you? Because there's an interview with him about this, where he's like, "Yeah, my first episode, I got to sword fight Patrick Stewart and make out <laughs> with yeah. Troy." And it's like, "Well, yeah, what a fucking throwing him into the deep end episode," mm. uh, because he he hangs out with the core cast throughout uh, and gets to do some really fun shit, um, but also is a pretty despicable character, yeah. I would say. Um, from this episode at least but another connection i want to make sure to point out is yeah he's but uh well no not him Riker. uh i want to point out that in each case one of the characters in the core cast who's usually super sunshiny and chipper and positive suddenly becomes mean just for this episode to make the premise work and in the case of hollow pursuits Riker is suddenly like so much harsher and more negative and than he's... Jo- I would say and Jordy. They're Jordy, both like, fuck this guy. We can't stand him. Jordy, Jordy is, eventually yeah. takes the side of, listen, guys, we can't call him Broccoli. I'm going to really try to make him my best friend. Hey, man, just show up. And like, hey, that right. was a good idea from Bar- Barkley. So I feel like uh, Jordy comes around, whereas Riker continues to be like, I'll show him the meaning of... Uh, we don't oh, yeah. see that scene, though. I think you're actually supposed to believe that, well, Picard said, so everyone is now... Right. Jordy's under orders from Picard. Yeah, and I, I think so is Riker. Out, yeah. We just don't see it either way. That the person, and we're kind of getting to the next section, but I think the person who really, like, actually uh, does a good job is Data. Data calls people out when they're talking about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later Data is like, this wasn't an idea of Barkley. Like, d- without unprompted, he like props Reg yeah, up. he's like, pardon me, why is Bar- Lieutenant Barkley being referred to it clandestinely as a vegetable? And yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. Because he doesn't understand. For the sake of the but connection right, thing, I think. Connection wise. Because Riker says, I don't care what he's been running. I just ran out of patience. Mr. Barkley will find out what it means to be threatened. Uh, those are pretty. That's pretty violent language from Riker. And in the Futurama, I think Fry's the same thing. He so quickly, immediately set, goes to the place of saying, like, listen. I found out what makes me happy, and it's not people; it's things, which is great because Bender gets yeah, to reply, I'm, "I'm a thing," but, um, <laughs> and he goes, "Just leave me alone." And it's like, it's if you think about it for a second, it's really out of character for Fry. It just makes well, yeah. the plot work. Yeah, because it's an addiction. Because both yeah um, episodes are about characters who feel out of place in their world right who who find something that makes them comfortable and uh everybody kind of has to tear them from it because it's making them antisocial. uh which boy that could that could be about a lot of things mm-hmm. um i don't know what star trek was trying to make it about at the time because like the internet didn't exist 
<laughs> not right. in the way we know it. So like, uh, could be like parasocial uh, relationships. Just, it's you mean just like funny freaks how, like, listening to this and yeah, thinking <laughs> well, friends. Like I was thinking of fans of TNG, swim fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swim fans. No, it's just funny because it feels ahead of its time with video games and the internet and shit. But I, I'm guessing there was just always things for people to lose themselves in, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're antisocial, mm-hmm. and that's—I don't know uh, what I feel about that message, the bro- or at least the broad strokes of that message. Um, in Barkley's case, he should definitely not be doing the things he's doing. But yeah, the both both episodes—that seems like the point—is like you don't really fit, and like it—it's easier to make the world around you accommodate you in this fantasy than to try to deal with the real world. Yeah, um, exactly. And then at the end, they, well they the characters decide to be with their friends and to accept reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the that's the only similarities, really. What do you guys think? Should we just <clears throat> get yeah. into the actual? Uh... For sure. All right. Well, let's get into our next section then. Right now, right now, now. Fight my shiny. I'm directed. We did it. You did it's it. It's done. Awesome. I, I did it. I got uh, I pressed the button. Yeah. So yeah, let's this is a section where we basically just explore the episodes and talk about the themes. Mm. Uh we don't have to talk about similarities. I feel like our first section was a little short for that reason, but I feel like uh this section is gonna be pretty extensive. This is our yeah, this is arguably the section that's a podcast that like we could have just yeah. cut here and started here. Really. So obviously I wanna know what your thoughts are because the big the big fucking elephant in the room is that lieutenant barkley is recreating fellow officers in the holodeck to blow off some steam to fight them but more disturbingly uh to have sex with them yeah presumably at least make out with them presumably and you would assume that's the cleaned up tv show version way of saying yeah he probably fucks them too and he makes imagine. like a dig at Riker, you know like i'm gonna make you short you piece of shit like well he's just, right. yeah yeah Sorry, he's just ahead. commanding it's, them he's just like uh and so that's also a thing that which yeah also is a another another voyager episode where that kind of happens too because the holodeck do- or the holograph uh holo doctor the doctor um right like makes makes a novel and like he doesn't realize that uh he's making fun of all of the people on all the crew which uh, i love so it's because something that's, they do that's been a right. sitcom plot in modern day sitcoms right. like you don't even exactly. need sci-fi right. for that it's very this is, 90s um, yeah well it's treated very 90s too because uh everybody is upset by their own depiction and then everybody else is playful when they see each other's of like, oh, I don't see what the big deal. You know, Riker kind of is like, when when Troy meets her uh, other self, she tries to delete it, and it Riker's does like, have hey, an now. element of humor, but it's different with Troy. Like, yeah, just getting getting around to this, uh, we have <laughs> deep fake porn laws today, mm-hmm. which which show that you cannot do this. You cannot take someone's face and put it on pornography. Uh, it is very weird that there are not because Riker says at one point like, "Well, there should be a rule against there this." Ought to, there's no regulation. Well, there ought to be. 
he's not wrong and in fact it's weird that there isn't because mm-hmm. you'd think that they would immediately hone in on like yeah you can't There's recreate people without yeah. without their unless they're a famous dead person mm-hmm. um it's we have these laws now mm-hmm. um a lot of them are protect to protect money but a lot of them are protect human rights there is no reason why Barkley shouldn't be removed after this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah for G- example, uh, The Last of Us 2, they wanted to cast Elliot Page originally, and there was a lawsuit or like legal hubbub over how similar the character ended up looking to Elliot Page anyway. And right. then, so it's like, even now, even in video games, you can't... There are likeness rights. You'd think there would still be likeness rights. And also, while I have the floor, I just wanted to point out that you're glossing over the stuff he does with fighting and violence, I would say is just as disturbing, especially the opening sequence where he fantasizes about putting his boss in a chokehold and going, you're just a pretty boy mannequin full of hot air, (laughs) Riker. And like, borderline, like... He's fantasizing about assaulting his coworkers sexually and non-sexually. And it's hilarious to me that that's the 90s Gene Roddenberry version of like, you know what I mean? He's like a little creepy. And you're like, no, he's a problem. Right. (laughs) No, he's 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 going to do a mass phasering of the Enterprise (laughs) at some point. Yeah. yeah, he's a, he's a fucking. This is that's the thing is that there's later Barkley episodes where we start to, you know, like him, but like this episode, it's like absolutely not. Well, but what they're trying Absol- to this, go this for person is person is a problem because he's no. not just recreating these conflicts, like you said, beating people up uh, on a fantasy world. He's doing it in a fake ten forward. In a, in, he has a sex fantasy of Troy in her office. Um, he's presumably going to fuck Troy right there in 10 forward in that fantasy at the beginning. Uh, it's it's really it's really problematic. Yeah, um, but, but I think we have to 90s. acknowledge that what the show was going for, it's intended to be the classic tale of someone who's shy, like Walter Mitty-esque. Yes. So right. uh, in that... They- I mean, yeah. So when we look at it through modern eyes, it seems like more than that. But uh, in that context, it's just the thing like he's stuttering all the time when he's in real life, but he can speak perfectly when he's in the holodeck, etc. And yeah. uh, it just gives him a like he says, which is very disturbing. Honestly, he says, you know, Jordy, the people I create in there are more real to me than anyone I've ever met out here. Uh, yeah. That's so commander shit. Yeah, except maybe you. Yeah, because he can control them like action figures. Uh, I love when Jordy Jordy's the first to find out, and I love that Jordy is just like, "Look, I get it, Reg. I fell in love." <laughs> like, in yeah. yeah, yeah, and he uh, hides, it's, he and hides it's it. Like, yeah, you did, didn't you? Because that was also a terrifying thing Jordy did. Yeah, and they <laughs> they they follow up at least with the Doctor uh, Brahms showing mm-hmm. up and being like, "What the fuck is this?" But for people who don't know. Uh, season three episode six booby trap Jordy recreates an actual person to help him with a problem and then falls in love with the holodeck uh creation and then they do a follow-up where she shows up and she's not the person that he thought but Jordy is notoriously on the in love with artificial uh, life yeah and he's he's notoriously kind of on the on the edge of being a problematic person when it comes to dating and women 
Um, well, the, uh, yeah, he's, he's a real Harry great. Kim. Well, the other thing is, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, can we just take a moment to recognize the insane misogyny of they're doing an episode and they're like, uh, so Jordy's going to fall in love with a chick and uh, it doesn't go great. She's in the holodeck. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Chicks are always trapping you that way. Oh, booby trap. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's, got she's the like a famous physicist or some yeah. shit. And they're like, yeah. oh, booby trap. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because it's an actual booby trap in the episode. But like, I know, but you know that's you, what they TNG. mean. We see yeah. you, writers of TNG. <laughs> right. You're doing a double just, thing. It's very funny that Jordy is the one who like, takes point on Barkley's stuff. Because it's the blind leading the blind. Um <laughs> Like later when they're like when when Riker is like where where is um uh Barkley and they're like this in the holodeck and he's like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go find him and Jordy like kind of tries to prep him and he doesn't listen and then Jordy goes counselor you better come along and it's like Jordy <laughs> don't bring her at least <laughs> you know warn what's her. in there yeah yeah you know what's like counselor you better see this it's pretty fun all he like, says is he, he's been running some unique programs and you're like no yeah. tell them literally what you're going to encounter <laughs> also can i yeah. ask a technical question uh and i don't know if anyone can answer it but why would so my understanding is that the holodeck which I never understood this part because the floor is seemingly is the floor doesn't seem like it's an omnidirectional treadmill, but somehow I assume it's like a treadmill, the holodeck cause the holodeck's only so large. Right. And they even talk about if you walked that far that way, you could touch something. And they say, right. even if two people are in the holodeck and they go in separate directions, they stay close together. The holodeck just moves the environment around them and creates walls between them. So they feel like they're in separate areas. So yeah, it's perception right. hack is how I understood Even it. Even if you buy all that shit, I don't understand why when you, when you intrude on someone else's holodeck program, then by all that logic, why are there areas manifested that, Barkley wasn't accessing. In other words, so why does it start with them far from where Barkley is and they have to wander around and find him? I'm so happy we brought this up because the first time you see the holodeck, it's uh, Riker trying to find data in it. And there seems to be an implication that there's like like a video game level. There's like a starting point for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there are episodes where like, um, like uh, Moriarty kidnaps uh, a member of the crew in the holodeck and they have to find him in this in this like it in this instance the enterprise is faced with something that might kill everybody they go to find barkley on the holodeck and they spend like 15 minutes looking for him mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's like a room. can you not just shut off the holodeck right because they'll like, do like this again the game they'll do this again in other episodes and they will always say something like the holodeck's jammed. We can't shut it down. And you'll be like, all right, right. Mm-hmm. fine. I buy that. But in this one, Here's... they don't even say that. They just go with it. <laughs> so I was actually, uh, before we uh, we all got fired, I was writing a thing about the holodeck on Cracked where I was really looking into this because I was very curious of how the holodeck could work. Um, and there, there, it's so inconsistent because mm. like you yeah, said, it's just a small room. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did learn is that in the episode, in an episode of Star Trek Enterprise, it is revealed that the technology was invented by aliens. We took the technology from aliens Hell yeah. um, as a gift. 
Uh, so we really don't know much about it. Right. Um, and we my, just put it on all the ships. We're just like, yeah, yeah. everyone gets a holiday, well, baby. That's so that. My, yeah, go ahead. My best guess of what could possibly be happening on the holodeck is that it's actually more like the Matrix, where that if you actually saw what was happening, it would be them all just standing there in a room with like yeah. their eyes rolled back in their heads. I think like there is no interaction physically. Um, the room just. Uh, uh, bewitches you, that still doesn't answer the yeah. question of why they wouldn't shut it down to go yo Barkley, that's get true. out of there that's true right. um, <laughs> I also oh, think that's that a plot hole, yeah. like it can remember techno- uh, teleportation uh, is obviously a thing so they can teleport people to different start points and I think the room is big enough that you can get away with like searching and then like uh, you know um, it teleports like you Dave the room. was saying. There's this this uh, little hack it does of your brain, uh, like you know, making straight lines curved and whatnot, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. Um, that are the perception hacks that it, it kind of all blends it together. But yeah, I definitely agree with Mike that it, they could all, at any time because you it doesn't affect anything. You control the mechanism and you say holodeck and program. Yeah. And then you have a code because you have rank, you know, and then people are like, yeah. oh, shit, what's up? And then you can go, oh, sorry, I just wanted to tell you this one thing, uh, you know, resume program. And then you bail like you can do these yeah. things and it would probably just be like, oh, let me just hit pause on my playlist of a, like on my Spotify right. playlist or whatnot. You know, also considering what Barkley is doing and this isn't a defense of Barkley. But why aren't there like locks on the holodeck? Because well, uh, that there leads to be, right. I think the big philosophical question that it makes me want to ask is: even if it was from aliens and we didn't know how it worked and it was like problematic in some areas, don't you think we couldn't resist? Like, isn't this inherently addictive? I understand why Fry and Barclay. Yeah, I get it. Like, I like I totally there's get it. There's episodes. There's an episode where Riker gets accidentally trapped by a fantasy in the holodeck mm-hmm. it causes um, a lot of problems yeah one of my bi- one of my questions here that i wrote was where does the sperm go because you know it goes somewhere right oh yeah and you yeah. know they're flinging yeah, sperm they the teleporters so precise they do things like like i actually love this idea different ways to skin the teleporter like there's an episode of voyager where they're like oh we're flying through a cloud of very loose uh, fuel particles have the teleporter start teleporting single particles into our generator just like ram scoop all the shit in this area and i'm like oh you can use the teleporter that way that's dope so i would assume as your jizz comes out it gets teleported into like a food recycler and then neelix serves it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i uh that's fair. i i prefer the idea that there's like someone has to come up and like scoop <laughs> Scoop I was about cup. to say, I like the idea that afterwards Barkley has to like take a take a, t- a napkin and like just, just like clean Instead the holodeck. Instead of using like the sonic shower or something that up. exists, they have to yeah. inject it into space. No, it's like there's a big sign taped on it like, hey, at the end of your time, you know, turn the hose on. There's a drain in the center of the floor. Yeah. You know what to do. Someone has to use this after you. Uh, yeah. I also uh, want to point out that well, first of all, in the wide shots of sword fighting, the guy sword fighting so clearly isn't Barkley. It's hilarious. <laughs> but secondly, it's not like the Matrix. It explicitly does not download new skills into your brain or make you... It doesn't manipulate your body. 
right. they've made that clear many times over. So uh, that means Barkley is actually in real life like one of the best fencers alive because yeah. his <laughs> body motions are defending against three program well, sword he's in bots. Starfleet, baby. Yeah, I'd say yes and no he's because I'm really sure there's fucking good. Yeah, I'm sure there's difficulty levels set. Because they always right. talk about difficult. Yeah, wharf trains in there by but he, fighting. He bots. moves like yeah. a experienced fencer, you know. So I'm just saying yeah. he is the. You can watch him do the moves, mm-hmm. and you're like, he mm-hmm. is an experienced fencer, which is an interesting wrinkle for Barkley's character. Well, oh, they, for they sure. show that he finds his confidence in the holodeck all the time, you know. Yeah, but almost in a way where it's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, where you're like, that is a completely different guy. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah. to a bizarre degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's like a deranged yeah so i mean t- people talk about that about digital avatars in like uh second spaces you know and like remember mm-hmm. second life you know and stuff like that people being completely different people online because they felt that they could hide behind a veneer of something you know well that's why the futurama of it all is interesting because the what we're positing i think is that fry sort of does the same thing with infinite money And Mm -hmm. I do think that points out that in modern day, we sort of have a version of this, which is it's a common knowledge that like infinite money does put you in. We call it like a bubble, a false reality. Mm -hmm. And uh, many people can't hack it and their souls become like twisted and deranged by being in that bubble. So I I do think there's a really clear like. I think the, the money angle tying to the holodeck is actually a real thing. I love that one quote where Fry says, I'm rich. I can live whenever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember when certain folks weren't allowed on golf courses? Petra <laughs> Tom remembers. Oh, uh, by the way, I uh-huh. didn't want to drag like Family Guy, but by the way, this is 1999 when this came out. And Family Guy, which is more known for that bit because it's like a meme online, came out in 2006. Right. It's not only, it's like a better joke. Oh yeah, and they and that it just shows that Futurama just doesn't give a fuck. They're just dropping good jokes wherever because mm-hmm. it's off screen. It also shows that Family Guy is very mediocre uh, in their joke writing, right? I think it's it's less of a deep joke, and it 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 reiterates itself several over times. Family and Guy over, used yeah. to they used to like quote unquote spoof other like jokes from like david zucker films mm-hmm. like like oh look we're spoofing it and it's like no you're just doing the you're joke just doing the joke because like if yeah. young people no watch this they're this. not going to know yeah. where it's from you're just taking and it. you're not it's like an updating it or using it like yeah you're not updating it you're just doing the joke right it's weird it's weird um uh uh yeah no futurama's great mm-hmm. worth um, pointing out wanna... this uh, episode of futurama starts with a poker scene the two robots Ooh, on yeah. springs playing poker. I was hoping that yep. Hollow oh, Pursuits one, it, would start, start with a poker, poker scene, yeah. but it didn't. Yeah, It didn't. It didn't. No, but that's, that's still a similarity. I mean, it's not the cold open, but after the cold open starts, it do, both episodes start in the dream world. Right. Uh, a yes. fry and in TNG starts with Barkley's holodeck program. The so team's far. handled yes. the... F- because how do you not like the well of course that's what you're gonna do right is start scenes in media res in the dream world and then break mm-hmm. the reality so both writer teams handled that very similarly because that's the fun mm-hmm. way to yeah. do it it's a good way to do it yeah yeah um oh, there's, uh, uh, the, there's a MacGuffin in both uh in both episodes 
uh, container of stuff that is highly valuable to someone else uh, or the Ooh. medicine in TNG and the an anchovies uh, in Futurama. Oh, that works really and well. And they use it in the same way story-wise because there's a link from the MacGuffin to ultimately a more sinister involvement in the adversary's like, motivation or, in this case, the problem of the episode in uh, TNG, Invidium or anchovies being right. uh, the fact that anchovies have oil that would uh, bankrupt MomCorp. Whereas Invidium would cause the ship to destroy itself and it's invisible. So right, exactly. Barkley has to right. help them realize it's there. Um, but mm -hmm. I will say, yeah, the end of Barkley's arc is the more traditional one, which is, oh, he solved one problem. I guess his... I guess he's going to be all right. Um, I was going to say this is, is that, great, like, yeah. really the only thing that could give Barkley another shot on the Enterprise is if he literally saves all their lives and he does that. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that's what it takes. Because anything less of that, they should they fire should him. fire him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's so many people who deserve Starfleet. Everyone, yeah. everyone in the world, like, works for it. Okay, let me all ask right. you this, then. When you were in puberty times... Mm -hmm. And you jerked off with your imagination. Are you old enough that that was a part of your life or was it always internet? No. Yeah. 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 When you jerked off with your imagination, didn't you imagine people you knew? Uh, yeah. Oh. Or like, like clowns, just lots of clown stuff. But uh, like, yeah. Uh, maybe it, at it's, first. it's still not quite the same. It's not the same, I but what, what I'm getting at in our brains is one thing. <laughs> And people can't see it. You can't be copied. It can't be viewed. And and you can't. It can't be regulated um, unless uh, advertisers go into our dreams. But like you know, uh, there's there's you can't. You know, it, you can control what you do, not what you think, right? For now, but like taking the holodeck. I would not be surprised if there is such a thing as ads that are eventually directly uplinked they, to our brain in some way. And it's, isn't it's that one a TNG episode? Ads? Probably the, no, no. Thought like the the thought monitoring. Well, Isn't there's that a the DS Nine random thought episode where there's a society where they are all yeah. telepaths, so they have to be careful what they think. Here's Correct. here's what it is though: is that like I think there's some there's implications in TNG. We talked about this in one of the previous episodes where they're like scoffing at how people used to fear death. Yeah. Um. Where there's this idea that they're evolved. So, like, kind of the way that the future presidents of the world, where, like, video of them getting drunk at a party in their 20s is not going to matter anymore. Because technology has evolved in a way that we have to evolve with it. And we've all accepted that, like, yeah, we all have pictures of us doing stupid shit, right? Mm -hmm. um, there's always going to be certain things that aren't appropriate that we're like, no. That's never cool. I didn't I didn't do blackface when I was 20. <laughs> you know, there's always going to be that. But like we we evolved. And so the the implication with the holodeck is like, oh yeah, we all like to jerk off in the holodeck. It's cool. Like mm -hmm. it it's actually like considering that there doesn't seem to be any regulations here, it's kind of surprising that they're surprised at what Barkley's doing cuz you'd think everybody would do it all the time. Well, it's also um, the same question I have about video games and VR. Like, most video games are murder simulators. So, 
will there come a day in my lifetime where I put on a VR headset and I'm like, wow, this game's amazing. It really feels like it would really feel to murder someone. Mm-hmm. It's like, is that what I want really out of this it. device? Yeah. Yeah. We really, really nailed <laughs> and it. And will that actually affect my brain in any mm-hmm. way if it becomes right. almost if it becomes the point where it's holodeck real, like mm-hmm. almost inseparable from it, life. I mean, 7.6 on IGN. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't do uh, decimals anymore, motherfucker. You don't do decimals anymore? It would be a straight That's eight. Good. <laughs> be straight eight. I, guess, nice. I mean, I don't think it would because it's never, if it's not real, I mean, I, I, I think it depends on the individual because it's like, yeah, part of what makes a game like GTA okay is that the graphics aren't good enough that it feels like, oh, I'm really seeing a person die here. And I don't think video games will ever want to do that uh, unless the point is to be upsetting, unless they're making The Last of Us, you know? Um, I think uh, kind of the same way movies can show very realistic murders if they want to, but don't, because it's not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm surprised about in this episode is just like, surely this came up before this moment right like surely when they invented the holodeck people were like you know fucking george washington because Mm -hmm. of course you would and eventually that would be fucking like celebrities that exist at the time his dicks made a wood it would start with george washington it would be immediately yeah yeah it would be the immediate thing (laughs) well of course you go washington adams jefferson you work your way through (laughs) yeah you work your way through but like it's weird that in this episode they're like wow this is this is unusual people don't normally do this and it's like really i feel like people would do it all the time unless you have laws to the to point prevent it. where there would have been laws by now or how how does not come up already is the question right. that and really should, comes to mind because yeah. no one's Again, a straight there, freak there like barkley it's the, the first thing is time that we see that, like, Wesley, oh, I have a message from and your remember, father. It's in the holodeck. He's like, us. Like, people leave messages. People do stuff like that. Do you, do you guys remember uh, at the end of the episode, Barkley deletes all the programs at the end, except, except program one. nine? You know that's the fuck program. Well, yeah. I wanted him at the end to be like, I had a lot of fun fucking all of you. <laughs> yeah. Especially you, Captain. <laughs> all right. Later. The uh, <laughs> It's... There's a... Uh, on Memory Alpha, there's a little logic chain that explains... That, well, Program 9 in the Extended Universe in one of the Star Trek novels is literally traded by a Ferengi to another guy to use in a holosuite. And he opens oh, it up no. and it's Troy saying, I'm the goddess of empathy. And if, oh, that, no. if that weren't enough, uh, we, in this episode, find out that the program that includes the full cast sword fighting and shit is Barkley Program 15. So it's safe to assume that the one that just includes Troy would be an earlier you know, because it's a simpler Version. program. So yeah, all signs point to program number nine, which he saves at the end, which the show treats as like, ah, oh, that was, at least he had a nice little moment. He's holding on to one. Give him He's one. holding on to the one where he fucks Troy. Like, yeah. that, that is, is explicitly that's what's going one. on. Yeah. That and is he, gets, he has this little smirk. He, like, smirks. Yeah. He, like, yeah. That but what's funny is between you and me. He's holodeck. getting transferred so, off the ship to a ship that presumably doesn't have a holodeck because it's not on every ship. Uh, and he's acting as if it's like a hard drive and he's leaving it. That's why he's clearing it out, right? Right. But right. he saves the program where you get to fuck Troy 
why so someone else on the enterprise could stumble upon it and do it one day like it's not even for him he's gonna he's gonna write the holodeck program on the side of a bathroom stall if you want a good time Uh, barkley nine holodeck two you're welcome (laughs) it's really it's really disturbing like like i get yes fantasizing about beating up uh your co-workers is upsetting but like it's really upsetting what's he what he's doing to Troy. Yeah. Um and it's like it has all these weird layers. Like when he goes to actually see her and she like touches his arm, you know he's aroused, right? You know he's like mm-hmm. weird and aroused right there because he's had sex with her mm-hmm. on the holodeck. That is fucked up. And That's in later really episodes they and make she's them unaware. friends, like longtime friends. Right, it's fucking weird. The scene the where she's weird. counseling it is, him. It's a real violation. The scene like, where she's counseling him in real life and he acts like uh, her one like, breathing technique, go. her one breathing technique so- cured him because he just wants to get the hell out of there. They right. present it as if that's how unbearably shy he is. And I gotta, I gotta call out a good line that I, I actually think does resonate and is a good statement on it is when he says is when Jordy says it sounds like you're just a little shy and he goes just shy it doesn't sound so bad does it you have no way of knowing like how right. hard it is to be shy and i understand terminally shy people that is a very hard yeah. thing to yeah. deal with i want but yeah, i want to talk about how they treat him too but go finish the thought sorry um i forget the thought so forget it oh no no well, i just want to point yeah. out that they hate barkley because he's a little shy <laughs> like yeah, they're all they like i can't stand the him and, like, and they call him broccoli all he is is quiet shy and is a little late and they're mm. like screaming at him like it, it it implies that in this world people just aren't like that anymore mm-hmm. or something yeah, it's it's like weird also so... for tng because okay i want to yeah this is great because like it's something that I found weird about the episode too, because even though he is a very problematic individual before they even know that they are just dunking on this person, even Wesley's getting in on this and fuck Wesley. Shitty Uh, little Wesley. Yeah. And I love his holotech version. And once again, Uh, Wesley, uh, oh, well, you know, just Picard's... eating a blueberry pie saying, what do you want? (laughs) What do you want? (laughs) What a piece of shit. Uh, but Picard once again goes to the mat for righteousness because when they like straight up like go they were like yeah he's a real problem yeah he's a piece of shit we fucking hate him and it's like Riker and uh, LaForge he's like whoa he chose this life he's made the same commitment to Starfleet that we all have which is true he says and he says it's easy to pass the problem on to someone else in referring to just transfer him out of here because that's what, what Riker wants he's like it's too easy and it's just like, ah, Picard's the best, man. <laughs> like, he just yeah. always it's, finds right, cuts right down into the core of like, all right, you guys are doing this way, acting do this the right way. Thing. And, and yeah. it, but like, here really is what's going on. It's still fucking weird that they ca- talk about it like at a problem. And they're like, we should transfer him. Because again, I can't stress this enough. He's just shy. Right. Guinan puts <laughs> it really well. He's just awkward. If yeah, I felt that no one, like, if I felt no one wanted to be around me, I'd probably be late and nervous too. Right. I feel like Data. That's mm. why Data. There's never a moment where Data has to learn 
to treat Reg differently? Because I think Data and Reg are the most similar, where it's Data's like, yeah, I creep people out too. Or Data's like, uh, he stutters. I observe that fact. It doesn't affect our communication. Who cares? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is all before the part where he's, you know, yeah, doing know the that thing yet. he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's key, because th- once that happens, it's like, yeah. Maybe not. I want, but maybe it seems not, like Parker. maybe it is a known thing that people do because Jordy says, as far as I'm concerned, what someone does in the holodeck is their own business, which well, this is, yeah. sounds like Barkley isn't the first one to fuck crewmates. Like, that sounds like, you know, what if someone does in Vegas stays in Vegas? It's right. like people know people are doing right. this. Jordy's just like, look, Barkley, we all have a Troy program. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty messed nobody up. Nobody tells her about it. We all yeah, well, programmed Troy has a Troy program. We all but programmed think- the ship's doctor to say the master will spank us if we misbehave. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think what it is is that it's like the internet. It's like, look, look, we all, there, there's porn everywhere. I get it. But what people don't do, don't tend to do, is, is Photoshop their friend's face <laughs> on pornography. Good, yeah. Um, and that's that's the stuff where it's like no, this it's not like it, it's not technically uh, I don't know uh, apparently not illegal in this world. Although again, I can't stress enough we have we have laws about like deep fake porn for this reason. Um, but like it's still extremely bad. Like and they clearly are upset good. by it. I think what they're referring to good. is like. Uh, the the episode where Riker gets it, like sucked into the holodeck with that that jazz lady, minuet, um, minuet. If you remember that episode, <laughs> Picard shows up too, at one point, and he's like, "Ooh, who's this?" And they're both like sitting there in the holodeck hitting mm-hmm. on her, and I'm like, "Are you guys gonna fuck this hologram?" It's the double like, team of the ha- highest order. Yeah, wh- yeah, what's happening here? Like, what is the? You're both sitting on a holodeck. Uh, alone it's just I mean, you two hitting on a holodeck character that's weird right look, but the point is that in the future they're just like yeah look we all we all do it it's fun well it's muddied um, by the fact that by the time of the voyager timeline there are multiple episodes about holographic rights they run into a completely right. separate alien race of photonic beings who are like we are who explorers are hol- yeah we're the star and trek of our universe so well, it's like to... holograms are also capable of evol- what if they're capable sex- of sentience what yeah. is it the more is it okay episode. to use a sex doll if that sex doll is theoretically capable of evolving into a sentient creature yeah <laughs> if it is sentient the answer there's yeah. no if oh. the no. but society our society and star trek society has deemed if it isn't sentient yes you can fuck it go to they're top until make, it they're gains gonna make that like spark. anti-piracy ads so it's like you wouldn't fuck a hologram you yeah well yeah. do what i do which is any of my sexual toys i uh i, I say, ask him hey, i do right a turing test yeah. <laughs> you all right with yeah. this and if they answer you know in some you, way so you but, you run a long touring test and you're like oh you failed baby yeah. it's gonna you be failed, a hot baby. night tonight <laughs> Woo! you are not sentient <laughs> i, I mean that's, the, all, that's the rules we're definitely agreeing that what barkley is doing is is bad and shouldn't it's bad be for a, thing a different he's doing. reason than fucking something that's sentient against its will yes or not giving it a choice but it is very like it because it's not 
our choice to use it. Like we don't have any choice to not allow our uh, likeness it's, to be used. So right, it's just interesting to me that it isn't the central point of the episode, mm-hmm. and like they don't even need the B story. This whole thing could just be about this because it's such a violation. And it's so weird that it hasn't come up in the universe. I think that's technically a plot hole because mm-hmm. I think like it would come up. It would a hundred percent come up. Like again, the per- someone would invent the holodeck and the next thing they would do is like fuck their boss uh, in that holodeck that they just invented. It would be immediately what people are doing, um, which isn't to say it's natural in the human race, just that, you know, the moment you create a technology, someone figures out a way to do something fucked up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it usually goes it, the other it, way. We just speed forth with our technology and then right. figure out the uh, ethics the morality. later. And the yeah. reality actually is that some of these ethical concerns don't have like a like a Band-Aid you can put on them. It's like right. you irrevocably take away some someone's something, right. their identity. And that's what's their, happening. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening with deep fakes because it's happened so fast. We're like, wait, <laughs> hold on. Now that we can, hold on. shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's just it's a it's a weird episode because I think that it's very like '90s sensibility yes. on what he's doing, where it's like everybody's chuckling it off, and it's like, no, this is this is very wrong. Yeah, uh, let's hear it for the Clinton era. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, baby. Are we only going to talk about the fact that Barkley fucks the crewmates? I feel like that's all we've talked about. That what? Is this all we're going to talk about? Barkley fucking Troy? We should. Can I I bring up a a Futurama thing? Yeah, I was about to. I was about to say the same thing is we should probably talk about Futurama. Oh, Uh, great. Because I think what's interesting about the Futurama is that it applies that same thing that we've been talking about specifically to nostalgia. Now, admittedly, there's that montage where he shoots the Mona Lisa, which is like mm -hmm. what is just a riff of stuff you would do if you were instantly rich. But what he settles into is wanting to own everything, wanting to recreate his old life and wanting to own Ted Danson Skeleton. Um, and shit like that from the 90s. Yeah. And uh, I got a sitcom I, idea. <laughs> I see that as so it definitely on the surface seems more innocuous. So I understand why we dug into the other thing more like uh, than deep fakes and having sex with your coworkers. But I also think there's something insidious the Futurama is resonating with about how we are weaponizing and able to serve more and more potent forms of nostalgia. And I wonder if I feel that way because I'm getting older and therefore stuff is actually more nostalgic to me than it's ever been. Or if stuff like Stranger Things really is like, I feel like media, a certain branch of media that's trying to do this are like very good at advancing the craft of making you feel nostalgic. And I wonder how far that can ramp. I think we've gotten better at it, but I don't think that's a new thing. Uh, we've always had, you know, movies like Dazed and Confused or that 70s show. Like movies that are like, hey, remember this? It or even so the idea of like, remember the, the good old days of America, like family mm. values and shit. That's a form of that story, you know, yeah. that propaganda. Um, yeah, nostalgia, I don't know. That I, I do think that's part of what this is about is losing yourself in nostalgia. And I, I just actually wrote a script about the idea of nostalgia because nostalgia used to be considered a disorder. It was, um, 
like when it was first invented, it was invented as a phrase referring to a mental disorder, um, specifically talking about like soldiers that would go to war and they'd come back and everything would be gone. And, and it, I can see like that idea that nostalgia can really affect you in a time of uncertainty and change such as war or I don't know, climate change. You know, like the mm-hmm. idea that why are we clinging to nostalgia? Mm-hmm. It's because there's this this feeling of like a threat on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we feel like the past, it was in fact better because the world is getting worse. So I do think the power, there's like a lot of power to nostalgia. In Futurama, it's weird because they don't really make Fry seem sad. Like the whole thing is he's happy he's in the future. Um at first that's what i mean yeah for the sake of this this is not my favorite ever futurama uh and i think one of the reasons is because fry feels out of character the whole episode to me because his whole arc is that he loves being in the future and and every once in a while he'll do one more time where he falls for his ex-girlfriend but he'll be like i wish i was in the past today and it just seems inconsistent it's out of place is Mm. this oh i hate to do this was this episode Hollow Pursuits better for the Lucy Liu robots? No. Because that's about a violation. I really don't think uh, so because there's a very specific one I want to okay. pair with the Lucy Liu robots that I oh, think good. is perfect. Um, I want to talk about, this is kind of on the same, this is Futurama, but like kind of the same wavelength of Jordy, the way Jordy reacts to the, um, the holodeck stuff where there's like there's clearly like a line in the violation and it's a blurry line it just reminded me of um leela being didn't you have ads in the 20th century well sure but not in our dreams only on tv and radio and in magazines and movies and at ball games and on buses and milk cartons and t-shirts and bananas and written on the sky but not in dreams (laughs) which is a great line because that is kind of what we're talking about with the holodeck which is like this seems like a violation and Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, the internet is also fucked up. I also like that uh, they have used a to that. follow up later in line when they're buying things, and and he goes, "Being poor sucks. What kind of world is this where they can advertise things that not everyone can afford?" Quite. <laughs> yeah, There's an ad one. coming on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I I really like uh, a lot of those lines in this one. Yeah, it's still uh, it's still got a lot of good futurama still has is very quotable but i do agree oh, yeah. uh F- fry does feel a little out, out of I think, character a little bit <clears throat> yeah i think michael's right that it's a weaker episode in terms of uh season one problems. the characters yeah but like there's i love a lot of the lines i love the the visa <laughs> hasn't been around for 500 years american express <laughs> 600 years discovery card mm, sorry we don't take you just discovery. don't take it as a discovery <laughs> yeah. card joke yeah <laughs> Uh, that's a good joke. <laughs> There's a lot of good, like, quick quick jokes There's, in this yeah, yeah, I feel exactly. like we're at that point in this episode where we can start calling them out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, unless someone has... I any, thought like, you big... only cared about anchovies and stuffy old songs about the buttocks. <laughs> 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 oh, my favorite joke in the episode, for sure, uh, is Fry waking up on the street in the gutter... He looks around, yes. he sees a robot, and he asks the robot, hey, buddy, what year is this? Yeah. And he goes, uh, 3,000. Uh, uh, 3,000. 
yeah that's that's a great one uh i think i actually think that my favorite joke is the very is almost the button to the episode is they like spit out the anchovies and goes "Eh, no one likes them at first but they'll grow on you yeah there are no more and there never will be there never will be Oh no, my ATM card, my secret PIN number, 1077. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he keeps doing it where he's, he's like, how much is it? 1077, same as my PIN number. <laughs> I also like, I like that they never realize that mom is evil to the point that it ends with him going, what a nice lady, yeah. <laughs> when she leaves. <laughs> um, yeah, the mom I, stuff is great. Like, I love when the, the ads oh, they do, yeah. like, style and comfort for the discriminating crotch. Uh, also, oh, yeah. for the mom core bad mom love and screen door are registered trademarks of mom corp yes screen I door like, i like um when she leaves and goes now i'm off to ch- to some charity bs for knocked up teenage sluts oh god that's oh my <laughs> what god a line. What also a line. I, uh <laughs> wasn't i in the future no you only dreamed you were in the year 3000 yes. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hey, look, oh. anchovies. Of course, they're not extinct yet. And if you need <laughs> further proof that this is really a thousand years ago, here's contemporary actress Pamela Anderson. Everyone applauds <laughs> politely. <laughs> and so they good. predicted the Baywatch movie. Of course, they I don't did. think Pamela Anderson was in it. Oh, yeah. Uh. Um, I re- This isn't really a joke. It just implied a larger world that I want to be a part of. When he's in his apartment and he won't leave... One of them says, are you going to come to the squid fights with us? Yeah. This is, and I was like, no, oh, my God. Are you going to come to the squid fights with us or sit here wallowing in your prehistoric junk? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, God, I want to come to the squid to fights with them. classical music. Yeah. I also, yeah. I also like there's a, like, a, I guess it's more of a visual joke because, you, or like, uh, it, we avoid seeing the thing that's actually funny. It's a, a tactic that I think Futurama does really well. Which is uh, when they're talking about Fry uh, outbidding mom. My God, this Mr. Fry must be a mastermind of the highest order. And then it cuts to him watching the TV. Esther, you ugly. He's just laughing at it. It's that just line. a great use of the Sanford and Sons theme yeah, for it's sure. So oh, good. Absolutely. Uh, um, yeah. That was my last God, one, was the same thing. I li- well, I also like just their mom's plan of what you do with the anchovies which is you cut out the oil making gene stick it in a bunch of third world kids <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then they yada yada kids. and bam cheap effective, cheap oil. effective oil that's a good one i think yeah. i got one more which i love they kind of point to it a few times you might as well put that checkbook away because i've discovered something even more important my friends and they aren't even worth a penny to me <laughs> yeah uh, uh yeah, some great lines, and yeah, I would say a weird episode. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in just general. it still hasn't found its feet, like because now I think you, like what this is episode six of it's structured more like a Simpsons than later Futurama. Right there, yeah. This is now they're playing with like okay, everything's set, and we're doing types of episodes in Futurama which are good. Uh, Futurama will find its feet, you know. <laughs> Sneakily, though, this is one of the first times they do something that I think is a trademark of what makes the show so great, which is Mm -hmm. there are two things in the episode that 
are ultra nerdy to the point that it's beyond what could be considered a joke, I would say. It's like these fucking nerds. And of course, they'll do that more and more. But uh, so I wanted to call out two very simple early examples in this episode. The ancient Egyptian algebra that Fry sees in his nightmare is real, like it can be solved if you translate it. Because the writers are fucking mad. Yeah, Yeah, they're nerds and big math. The four point three billion dollars is accurate, of course. It's it like if you had ninety three cents in there at two and a half percent compound interest for Mm -hmm. a thousand years, it would be four point three billion dollars. So they're fucking nerds, and I wanted to point that out. Remind me just now of a similarity, which is that this it's the first Barkley episode and it's the first mom episode which oh, also yeah. makes it the first Igner episode <laughs> yeah that's true yeah. Igner. what are their names Igner Walt and Larry oh I yeah. can't remember them that's a great trivia question I know uh one of Igner, them is Vincent because, Price for some reason yeah uh <laughs> yeah I love he's just the best because of the movie we both eat the crystals <laughs> yeah one of the best lines <laughs> Uh yeah, hell yeah. What other Are we similar- done? Are we done talking about the meat? We are. I, I just so. want I feel the need to say that the meat is usually more tied together, but I guess it's a symptom of as we said these being this being not the strongest pairing we've ever had. Yeah, and again, I do think there's like the Barkley Troy thing uh is just very disturbing. You, you're obsessed with that takeaway. <laughs> well, that's huge. It that's is huge. Like, that's it's there, interesting it, it's we talked about holidays for a long time but i think right. it's gonna happen for you guys at some point you it's can't good not, to have oh, a holodeck yeah. episode. our first holodeck episode yeah it was the inevitable mm-hmm. um because the holodeck is doesn't make any sense logistically but just what barkley's doing in this episode is a horrific violation mm-hmm. uh and and it's kind of hand waved um which is why i was saying this is one of the more painful episodes of star trek to watch because it introduces Barkley in an extremely villainous way and they're like hey he's not so bad yeah and ultimately (laughs) they only solve the problem by doing what they were gonna do already which is pressure him to transfer till he transfers which he does right I think it's this uh it's this version where like uh because the internet doesn't exist yet it's not something that people thought about because they just they can it to well it's like I mean, people, like you were saying before, uh, like if people just like think of you when they're masturbating, how is that any different than what the holodeck is? It's like, let me be clear though. I wasn't saying they're not different. I was just outlining the spectrum. Obviously they're different. I'm just saying this is a nineties understanding of that concept. A point of order. Interesting. In the last scene, Barkley says goodbye to everyone and then deletes the programs. My understanding is that's because he's transferring off the enterprise. Is I, am I wrong? No, I didn't think so. He's He's in other episodes. Well, he's in future episodes, but also it's because, he says, after talking with Troy, I've decided to do this. What he's implying is that he actually spoke to the real counselor, Troy, and they dis- he decided to delete. He's saying goodbye to the program. Yeah, he's saying, I'm going to not. But now go down he's this. stuck transferring on to his therapist, and he's in love with his therapist, so he kept program nine. I understand. Exactly. Yeah. But like, it's supposed to be a fake out where you think he's leaving. Mm-hmm. And in reality, he's just saying goodbye to the Because he says goodbye to the program itself. Yeah. I thought he was saying goodbye to the real people via the oh, program no. because he, he doesn't have program the courage at the to do it for real. Speech. No, After I know Picard. it's a program, but it, oh, okay. do you follow me? I thought he was just therapeutically living it out because he living didn't have the out. courage yeah, yeah, to really say goodbye to them. I, no, yeah, he's he's still there. 
uh, Barkley's on the Enterprise. I thought he came because he back. saved a, the Enterprise. He in becomes the end. a. Oh, I know. Yeah, I thought he, he came back. A, I thought he came back for some reason. Nah, he's just there. He becomes a spider later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's I remember that. I know all the shit season. that happens to Barkley. I just thought he transferred away, then transferred back. I don't know. Anyway, did you guys well, know that both these episodes take place in the future? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a similarity. That's a good one. Yeah. Check that Speaking off. Speaking of the All future, right, I wish I was gonna, there we're, now. We're gonna we're gonna get into our next section, uh, and, and we're gonna talk about which show did it better, and that is in the section two to knock knock it up a notch. Bam. Enterprise. Energize. Energize. <laughs> Ener- Enterprise. <laughs> Look. What nine? Knock it up a notch. Maximum wall. Bam. Make it so. Engage. No, don't engage. Um, energize. Look, loving it. It's not perfect. It's a bad. This section wasn't title. perfect. <laughs> hey, I love that audio man. clip. I'm not, I'm not editing any of this. Oh, um, oh yeah. <laughs> this is every single moment of this episode is staying in. Good for better or for worse. Good. Um, which uh, all right? Which show do you guys think did it better? My That's pattern will remain. Uh, as I said last episode, I think a lot of the early ones are going to go this way for me. I'm going to give it to Star Trek because I think that the wisdom lines that are dropped are good, even though I see the glaring problems with Barkley. I understand what they're trying to do, and they did it in a cleaner way for me where it was like, Barkley has a problem and by overcoming his internal problem he also solves an external problem that's a story that appeals to me a little more than Futurama which as I said I think is really structured Simpsons like in uh, this episode by which I mean and the writers have said this that because Simpsons is grounded in the real world one of their signatures was making the plot do fake outs and dead ends and crazy mm-hmm. structures that you had never seen before, which they start calling out. Like grandpa says, like the one where they get a tennis court after shopping for a coffin for grandpa. And he's like, I bet you didn't think this is where it was going to end up. <laughs> and the episode's about tennis. So this feels like a Simpsons episode where you're like, Oh, is the episode about shopping? Oh, is the episode about anchovies? That's, no, is yeah. the episode about fry being rich? There's oh, no, and then they all kind of nest in a way. They wrap up in exactly. like nesting There's fashion. A, a clear A and B in TNG. You know, B starts a little late, but there's a clear A and B. Uh, his work degrading and then addressing Barclay's involvement with the crew members in the holodeck program. And Futurama is more of a A that transforms into B like a mystery story um sure and you know because he's getting rich and then he's getting abducted and heisted and then it's over uh so i think i would give it to tng or to trek as well see i'm gonna say futurama this time nice um not because futurama was necessarily uh great but you I do clearly think TNG, have a problem with barkley <laughs> well it's it's more like that tng had a very interesting sci-fi premise hidden in this that they should have explored more which was what are people's rights in the holodeck like obviously they're not going to say well we 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 think about other people when we masturbate but that's essentially that's a more compelling question to bring up they added this whole other b plot to do this and they essentially solve the barkley problem by having him save the day Mm -hmm. and then they yada yada they show off screen that's right the hard conversations that he would have to have with Troy and Riker and, and so on. So I think this actually 
was a very they put up a really big dilemma and then they whiffed the the solving of it i think they they, but they made ultimately you think about it so did they really but i don't know i, I just I think they didn't is. they didn't really like they didn't identify it as the main uh core of this episode think, the yeah, thing that's going to be because this mm-hmm. that's whatever yeah there's a better episode they treated the core of the episode as this guy is shy and he's gonna overcome it they kind of yada yada it over i agree with that over yeah, like and that's the sci-fi implications really of the, the technology yeah. itself yeah and so for that reason i think they kind of whiffed it on this one is it just me or did uh, Futurama yada yada the idea that Zoidberg knows what anchovies taste like? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I think the idea is he eats it and then he's like, more. No, that's not. I, but he smells oh, it. Really? I have the oh, yeah, receipts. He, says that he describes it and then later, before he's had it, and then later he knows it's anchovies when he walks well, in. But that's right. okay because he said. The professor says uh, anchovies went extinct right about the time your people came to Earth. So he must have been. I think all we're he's realizing. He's 800 years old? Is he's one of the first uh, lobster people to ever come to Earth. Yeah. They said he can't. That when you're, but that makes no sense because Harold Zoid was a star long before that. Hmm. Yeah. Well, well it, it, it doesn't matter because the, the professor says when your species arrived on Earth in 2020 in the 23rd century yeah. oh shit so they he, they plot arrived hole. 800 years ago so plot hole yeah it's a huge plot hole or he's experienced yeah. them via technology mm-hmm. like a synthetic and, yeah, or, or like it's been the information has been passed down or but yeah, yeah right. maybe the species tastes maybe that's true I, think I hadn't a, thought I think about that I it's a plot hole I think both episodes are kind of weak yeah. Uh, yeah that's fine yeah I think they they can't all be winners doesn't mean that they they're can't. all bad I mean, no. Futurama has <laughs> buying the Mona Lisa at like what seems to be like a salon and then yeah. catapulting it in the air and shooting it with a laser is a, I love that joke. That's a great joke. You oh, know? Yeah. And I think that uh, Barkley is also one of the better actors on uh, TNG. Like he's really fun to watch. Wasn't he in the A-team, <laughs> that actor? He's one I of the A teams. So? I think he's he's. I, uh, I don't know. I don't know from A team. Hold on, forever. I'm looking up everybody. Everybody, that would stop. Be amazing. Everybody, stop while I look up the A team. Yeah, I'm. I'm almost certain the guy who plays Barkley. No, he's known the for years being on the A team. No, Dwight you might Schultz, be right. Yeah. Howling Mad Murdoch, 97 episodes. My of the God, he's Murdoch. He's Murdoch on the A team. Oh my I think that God. was part of the like the stunt casting cuz Murdoch is like a ladies man and he's like right. cool. He's and that so, was Barkley, yeah. he's this bumbling jackass. I didn't even put that together. This is blowing yeah. my mind. What a career. What a career. Uh, Dwight yeah. Schultz. Dwight Schultz. Way to he go. shows up in one Star Trek movie, do you remember? Uh he does? That uh yeah. is it He shows up briefly. Nope, it's first contact. Uh, He's the guy who geeks out at Cochrane. You don't even realize it's him because he has like more hair in the scene, and he he looks a little different. And I think it's just because the actor's older. He's the one who like fucks with Cochrane's head and makes him like that's awesome. Want to want to leave? Yeah, because Barkley can't get anything right. Yeah, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Barkley. Barkley. 
He's such a he's such a fucking mess. <laughs> um, all right, uh, let's let's get let's get into our s- last section. That's right. Uh, this is our Q and A section. It's called Hailing Frequencies Open, Captain. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Do it. Do the, the noise. Open hailing frequencies. Frequencies open, sir. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. You did it. Oh, you weren't talking to me. <laughs> that was a cool noise, though. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so I, I got some questions. I didn't put out a prompt this week. I just went back and looked at some old it's questions. It's true, but we'll need to re-up soon. I'll do it next time. We will have to re-up soon, yeah. And yeah, I think you should do it because you're more popular than me and will get more responses. And that's good. I that's feel good. weird it's now. good thing. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good. Um, no, uh, more Twitter popular. Like, my mom mm. likes me more. Yeah. <laughs> you know? For sure. Like that's And that's what matters. My mom um, likes you more. Yeah, this is from Doc Garvey, good old Doc JD Burroughs. Um, this this is a long journey to get to a simple question. Assuming the teleporters and replicators are the same technology used for different purposes, and the replicators are are using the disintegrated matter from crew has to go somewhere. That enter the teleporters to create food and drink has to come from somewhere. Uh, the big question is, would you eat Picard? I, I I think what Doc's getting at is that, te- mm-hmm. like, I like this question for this episode, is that uh, presumably the replicators can replicate human meat. If you wanted <laughs> them to, yeah. maybe you could be like, yeah, you could be like, I would like... Picard stick? I would like Picard's head, please, replicator. <laughs> well, it's kind of similar to the holodeck thing, because it's the question of what is the moral limit of that technology? Does that hurt anyone yeah, to eat Picard's face? You can't make apparatuses like like advanced ro- uh, robots or something, but it seems like all matters on the table, and it's like, does that mean there's a soul? Uh, can it create a soul? Is there a soul? Because like, if you created a full human through the replicator, isn't that just cloning? And can, can the do replicator that? replicate a living toad? And what would be the, the that would have massive well, implications? I think I think it can because the replicator can make Klingon food, which is very much alive. Which yeah, is God, very much alive. God so you is can a just, living creature. Yeah. yeah. So, if you have of whatever, because I assume it were, it's like 3D printing rules. So, There's the replicator some... <laughs> create can create life, like, fully. Like, it can just fully yeah. create yeah. a human, right? If it has well, the memory imprint. if you imprint, had a big like, replicator, they and use you had the, the pattern t- buffer big enough, yeah. I'm guessing, I'm guessing. Like a teleporter. It, I'm guessing it actually simulates the living things in that it's not actually alive, they're just wiggly. Um, oh, because I think there there are times where Klingons talk about how like like there's been a few times where they're like these replicators make you weak like it's not quite the real thing yeah um, that's so much harder for a computer to do though because that's like the you're asking the computer to like improv on like okay so I want specifically the wiggly aspect of these these noodle worms you know yeah and then it's like okay that's what you want but you don't want the fact that they all like share a hive mind <laughs> you know or you don't Let's want them to true. have perceptive ability or be aware of pain yeah. or, or they, like, do you care if they they pee out of their face you know like there's so know. many details I, that a computer would be like i don't know what you mean by make it similar or replicate the behavior of 
Um, right. They would just but replicate the individual. They, like, they imply that synthahol doesn't taste like real alcohol, and sometimes replicated food doesn't taste as good as the the real item if you make it yourself. So how would that apply to, like, if you made a Michael Swain, would it be like a shitty dull version of me that's yeah. off brand? <laughs> yeah, off brand Swain. Um, it might be. I mean, Safeway Select. I, I don't know. I again, I think it just simulates. I think. It'd be a great power move to make Picard's head and also make it screaming mm-hmm. while you eat it. Yeah, you can um, specify. In the middle of 10 like forward. Give him vocal cords. Yeah, yeah give me his uh, screaming head, please. I would, um, I'd get his ass. I don't think the brain actually works. I'd get his ass printed because only, it's like he would know that that's his ass, but other people would have a harder time <laughs> identifying. Go to 10 forward. Put it out like a birthday cake. Fucking eat his ass while I make a stone cold eye contact with him. That'd be great. I wouldn't eat him because I have a better idea what I do with him. Sure. Make him a, okay. I make a Picard and I take his skin off. And then, okay. or I guess I just ask for a skinned Picard. You just ask for I Picard can, skin. Yeah. And then I can wear the skin and be Picard and say, That's engage. Great. Number yeah. one. Whatever the case, we'd all probably wash out of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Like they would, they would ask us to leave. I feel like. And we'd be um, like, Barkley, but, but Barkley. <laughs> but Barkley. But Barkley. Like, yeah, Barkley. We don't do any of that stuff. It's just the skin stuff. <laughs> um, all right. Next question from Christian J. Um, this is a weird one. Uh, data turns into a wear car. How does the Enterprise's crew handle a Cadillac murdering crew members in the halls of the Enterprise? How do they figure out who it is? Can you stop curses and TNG? I'm worried this question got away from me. Um, I picked it up because the, this brings up an interesting thing to me, which is that there are episodes of Star Trek where they're like, who did this thing? And they don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the time. Which means they don't have like security cameras. Oh, that's right? interesting. <laughs> like They that's, don't have video taps of everything, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're a starship. They're not a private... Like their hallways are public space. These logs they're, and stuff. Yeah, but like you'd think they'd have cameras. You think, think it would be better the, just to do cameras? Yeah. Yeah, you'd think there'd be like the computer would be aware, be able to see where people are, what's going on. Well, the ship's computer like, knows everyone's location at any given time through their com badge, and they yeah. There's many times where they don't even use that information. It's like, couldn't you have tracked who did this by asking the computer? Hey, who was in who this area this? at this time? Identify their yeah. com badge and track yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, why aren't you taking pictures? I don't know. There's the drumhead one where they're like suspecting everybody. Mm-hmm. There's the one where Picard uh, uh, gets in trouble for sexual harassment and then murder. And they have to recreate it in the holodeck for the court. And it's like, why don't you have video? I mean, that that's someone else's station. Right. So I guess... You know, maybe they don't have cameras, sure. But it's just weird. So you're it's saying, that, though, to answer the question that was asked. Uh, so the question is, if they had... It's just, it's a perfect it's, crime. No one would find it out. It's a perfect crime. Couldn't Where, find out yeah. Except data, I don't think no the cameras. hallways are wide enough for a Cadillac is a real boat be, of a car. I think he'd <laughs> get be stuck scale. in one of the corners. You could be to scale. You could be to scale. You mean, oh, it's roughly data size? So it's like a three-quarter scale Cadillac? Yeah. Then they'd probably throw up a force field and have him crash into it. 
Yeah, but they wouldn't find out who it was because they'd just be dealing with a Cadillac. You're saying, so you think the question that Christian J asked was, how would they go about solving the case of whodunit, not how would they stop the wear car physically? Yeah, that's the question. No, I think he was asking, or they were asking, how to stop the wear car physically. But there was a sub-question in there. It was like, how would they find About out the who did it? Well, the, the How does the Enterprise crew handle a Cadillac murdering crew members in the halls of the Enterprise? Do they figure out who it is? Can you stop curses in TNG? I think that was the question. On the bright side, in the honking, we realized that the curse is actually science gobbledygook because the professor says that a code mm-hmm. snippet was uploaded to Bender's antenna when his uncle died or whatever. So mm-hmm. actually, I think... Because they did us the service of scienceizing the magic, the TNG crew could totally stop that curse because they deal with science gobbledygook all the time. Like, Jordy would be like, if I turn the dual phaser into a triple phaser, it just might do it, Captain. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm no, sure they'd save it. No, no cameras, though. But no cameras. I don't know how they'd ever know it was data. They'd it's have to, forever. like, notice that data is dri- leaking away or something. That's the only way they could something. figure it out. They'd yeah. be like, hey, where's data, by the way? Although they probably wouldn't think about that because they'd have their cool new car. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Well, that's that question, then. <clears throat> I have a final question from uh, Brandon Lamham. Lanham? Lanham. Earth Mallet. Uh, I prefer Lamham. <clears throat> How do you think the production dates these... Of these shows affected them, both were released in a period of time when the predominant opinion was that history was over. Do you think utopian fiction can only be produced when we feel like culture is stable enough to be projected? That's really interesting because I think we are also currently... There are a lot of facets of reality that seem like they're over. Uh, One that I always think about is media because it's like, our lives but like media has been in the postmodern era for so long that there's argument about when do we start calling it something else but can there be anything right. after postmodernism because postmodernism means look we have the internet now you can if you want research any art that's ever been made and mash mishmash it up in any combination you want and everyone's aware that you can do that so everything is under the umbrella of self-referential and steeped in the entire history of all art so what is the artistic school that comes after that i no one can figure that out and i think remodernism yeah there's also this feeling of like Uh, You know, a lot of people think the world will end soon or humanity will go extinct. There are a lot of ways in which I do think we're living in a period that a lot of people feel like is it. For example, there's a school for there's like an elementary school right by where I live. And they were all drawing shit on the sidewalk with chalk. And I walked my dog by there and I saw that it's just very different than what I was writing on chalk when I was a kid. The things Mm -hmm. they wrote were the Arctic is burning. Time is almost up. Please do the right thing. So I'm like, good luck. Good luck this generation because they definitely, whether it's true or not, they believe and were raised believing that the world is going to end Mm -hmm. very soon. Yeah. I mean, a lot of generations think they're the last, the duck and cover stuff. Um, I always am reminded about a punk rock friend of mine who's in his 50s and he has dentures. And I remember when I first met him. He's like, I won't he was live till 30, still man. Dentures. Yeah. yeah, basically it was that. He was like, when I was a punk rocker your age, I thought Ronald Reagan was going to end the world. Uh, and I thought, no reason to go to the dentist, so uh, brush your teeth. Like, it's the idea of like, we're... 
there's nothing more like arrogant than us assuming we know how things are going to play out. Right. That said, worrying about the end of the world is probably what often prevents the end of the world. Yeah. Right. So Two things we should always true. worry. Yeah, we should always worry. Those kids should be worried mm -hmm. because that's how they won't have to be worried later. Yeah, we're cautionary tales for the next tale. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's And so... Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. You I was just going to say the same applies to utopian stuff. Right. Where, like, every show that's like, this is the future. Oh, we're so smart. I think they know in the back of their heads, like, this is going to be embarrassing at some point. They can only do the best they can right. with what they have. I don't at think the time. it alters the fiction. I mean, it alters the, the tone, atmosphere, content of the fiction, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Dystopic, now we're making more dystopia stuff than ever, you know, like right. if I'm understanding the question correctly, like with black mirror and all this other stuff, like we twilight zone, it's always going to be, it's evergreen to think about the future, to think sci yeah. science fiction and fantasy, et cetera. So I don't think it's just our tales have not, are not done in the same way. And I think that's the heart of the question is like, uh, we kind of have a cheery version of what the future will be. Is that done? And I think, no, because someone's going to do it and we're going to be like, ah, nostalgia for that. So it's still yeah. media is consumed in so many different ways. And it's such a reality that I think that people are like in terms of when I say reality, it's like it's such a commonplace kind of thing for us all that we, there's multiple sizes fit your life. You know, you're going to enjoy that. Right. But I do think it would be that. a tricky have... thing to deploy a utopian fiction right now that is not self-aware in the way that TNG right. is not like winking not. at this is bullshit though. This isn't well, really going to happen. The, right. um, if you released a utopian thing right now, you'd almost have to grant through the writing or like lampshade the idea that mm -hmm. look, it's highly unlikely well, this will happen, but here's a utopia. <laughs> Here's a question I have about that because you know how when we watch, you know, we all watch the movie Johnny Mnemonic and he'll go in, he'll, he has literally an iPhone at one point. Mm -hmm. It's called an iPhone, but spelled E Y E. And it's a virtual reality thing he puts on his head and it goes into this dumb little world. And we look back on that or like, um, you know, a lot of 80s, like future stuff where it's like, what a hilarious prediction of the future, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think? right now is going to be that in the future like what technology have, are we like predicting or pretending to have that people are going to be like oh that's so silly that they tr they thought that was the future i have an answer yeah. personally but okay. i want to know what you guys think oh i mean that's a hard question to answer because it could also be the same like holodeck and that's already been done but i mean like we're still doing i guess kind of those stories you know we have yeah mentioning black mirror again uh, you know, but those are instances of like, oh, there was an episode of one thing. I wouldn't say that there's any stories that we're telling a lot of right now in the sci-fi well, space. You forget the Marvel movies. The Marvel movies, I would say, are the equivalent of Star okay. Trek now, yeah. because they're fairly utopian. They're they're positive. Ultimately, they're the primary mm -hmm. thing, and they're kind of predictions of the future, and that the. Iron Man and stuff have very futuristic technology, right? Yeah, like uh, um, you're talking about like the te yeah the technology yeah. is almost like is advanced in a, to a utopian level, or that, that's, that's what I, we've seen in the future. Or in yeah, the past. and I think I think kids today will look back on it with nostalgia. 
but also kind of laughing at things mm-hmm. in Marvel Universe the way we laugh at Star Trek. I was just thinking about Tony Stark whenever he takes out his hologram computer. Jarvis? And it's like, why would, like, whenever he, like, makes a room, a hologram, to, like, investigate something. Oh, right. Something, yeah, that'll be awkward. Like, I, th- I think that's the stuff that's going to be stupid in the future. Right. We're like, why would yeah. we do that? Like, minority uh, reporting all over the place. Yeah, Minority Report is already dated, because I love but Minority it's the same Report. kind of thing, though. Yes, but my favorite thing in Minority Report is they have those future computers, mm-hmm. and then when someone's like, hey, I need that on my computer, they, they drag, drag a physical it. disc out of the computer. Yeah, they say, yeah that, it's, <laughs> it's that's like, one of my favorite Aw. things, is like, because in Star, Star Wars, rather, there, there's no Wi-Fi, everything's wired, yes. you know? everything's wired in star wars they have no wi-fi yeah there's no cordless anything as well yeah um yeah no that stuff will get dated i'm sure i'm sure there'll be yeah i was thinking about like the interface between jarvis and iron man how that can be outdated but we get kind of a nebulous like abstract space with that like when he's in his helmet Mm -hmm. so like the HUD, we don't really, we can't really dunk on in the future no, as not much. Really. Because, yeah, it just says, it does whatever it wants to at the moment. It will be like, oh, I'll scan and focus. So it's like a sniper rifle. Other time it'll scan stuff uh you know and it'll like say that thing that's the that's the bad guy or you know like there's a multi multiplicity of events that are at recall in his hud um yeah but you're absolutely right about like the interface of the computer especially what was the one was it a movie what's the one where he like recreates a bomb that's iron man 3 yeah iron man 3 where he creates the bomb yeah. the the uh, blast radius of the bomb it's right. just so it reminds much. me of yeah it reminds me of the enhance moments yeah, that exactly. we d- used to do where it's like enhance this blurry uh, picture mm-hmm. you know like it's it's funny how these things that are seen as like kind of cutting edge now is like i bet it's going to be really silly at some point mm-hmm. when we have technology that matches it and it's nothing like that or it's not used like that i don't know yeah. we should probably end the episode though right yeah we're going on two hours yeah geez that went by michael quick. i was Did editing my- another script but i'm done now <laughs> okay <laughs> biggest power move i've ever seen okay. i love it Okay. Um, well, shit, we did it. Hey, right? I we mean, did we talked episode? about a bunch of stuff. Hooray. Uh, thank you for having <laughs> me on. Abe, thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Um, you should plug some stuff. Well, you can go right now to uh, Google and type Abe Epperson and then click uh, images and look at photos of me. I'm doing it right now. Epperson. Wow, film director, it says mm-hmm. immediately. Abe Epperson, uh, film director. You have. Do you have a Wikipedia? No, you. No, have I IMDb. don't have a Wikipedia. I'm enough off grid. You're on IMDb. That's what Let's I call check it. Out your IMDb. <laughs> I don't have a this brand. Is, you got a lot of credits. Yeah, I do some stuff. This is. Oh my God, your IMDb is huge. But the man. first image that comes up if you Google Abe Epperson is an image of me. Gotta love it. <laughs> oh, you fucker! <laughs> it's it's because uh, you know what it is. It's that Google actually has this technology where it feeds narcissists photos of themselves <laughs> because they know that you just want to look at yourself. So sure, it's just a, sure. it's another way that the algorithm is uh, doing its thing. That's all. Right. Um. Well, shit. What what are we doing? Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much, Abe. This is fun. We should probably talk about the fact that these podcasts are normally available <coughs> on the Small Beans Network and the Gamefully Unemployed Network. 
uh, to to two networks that we both are uh, you know associated with own so just go to uh, patreon.com slash small beans yeah that's right right mm-hmm. or patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed uh you'll find all the episodes on both of those uh anything else anything else to plug are we done what's going on we're done we're done we're done yeah we're done uh thanks guys i gotta look at talking pictures yeah. of abe and figure out how deep fakes work for some thing I have yeah, to do for, some, for a project. For a project you got going. <laughs> Eat and fuck Abe. Oh yeah. Wear my skin, guys. Uh, oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> fuck Abe has evolved into fuck then eat Abe. Oh yeah, nice. exactly. Good New shirt. <laughs> wow. Love content. 